So I just wanted to chat about the whole Baker Mayfield situation and I feel bad for the kid. He's basically a workplace sociopath, you know, young 50K manager, fresh out of college, new to the job, and he's just got a lot of energy, you know, uh, the, the executive team be like, man, Baker's got a lot of passion, which is just code word for immature, and he's just leaving dead bodies all over the side of the road, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all about, we got to get this done and do this and do that and accomplish our goals. And Martha has a migraine and Carl just had hip surgery. And, you know, it's like one time, you know, there was a, uh, you know, you're having a team meeting and you look over and Fred's asleep and you want to get mad. Why the fuck are you sleeping in my team meeting? And then it's, you know, when you're young like that, you, you don't, think to like say hey let's go to the office and chat about it tell me what's going on because it's you know I mean obviously you're sleeping in the meeting but it's like you know normal that's not normal behavior so there has to be some kind of root cause to this and are you okay is everything all right you know maybe he says he has cancer and you're like Jesus Christ I'd be sleeping in the fucking meeting too but if you just yelled at him, wake up, and you fucking write him up and stuff, I mean, <laughs> that's the that's the mode he's in right now. He's just writing people up for, like, attendance. You know, they're, like, they're beyond, like, seven minutes late, and he's, like, writing them up, and they're, like, fucking have to drop their kids off and shit and do, like, normal everyday life routine things. It's, like, you can't just mow people down uh you know everybody's got problems everybody's working as hard as they can uh to do their job and he just needs to learn some etiquette and he needs to grow up a little bit i mean it's his if you think about it it's his first job right out of college and if you look at job statistics they say, I, I think the numbers are like 18 to 23 years old. They have 5.6 jobs, full-time jobs. That's how many different jobs they have in that time frame. And this is his first one, right? And, you know, when he was coming out in the draft, you know, I don't know if you remember this, you can Google it, but... I guess he had credit card issues, like maxing out all his credit cards and things like that. Like, there's been subtle hints of immaturity with Baker Mayfield, the way he just has a problem with every single stop. You know, Gary Patterson didn't like him. Cliff Kingsbury didn't like him. I don't know if Bob Stoops or Lincoln Riley liked him. I mean, he obviously started and played fine, but they even made subtle hints and that he was uh, braggadocious or whatever, which can confuse you. You know, when somebody's is, that's a competitive person, that's, it's a chaotic person. All right. Because when you're competitive, you're always trying to one up somebody else. And I was watching this Travis Kalanick, uh, super pumped on Hulu. It's a great show. And Bill Gurley of VC makes a comment that, uh, you know, Travis will run through walls to get what he wants. But the problem is everybody's a, a fucking wall to him. And, you know, so if Baker was like a young startup, he, I'm sure he's working hard in the weight room and he's playing injured and all those things, but you, and he, his big kind of mantra or his marketing or whatever it is, his motivation is that the world's against him. And, uh, but it's like, well, what happens when the world's like with you, you can't still act like it's against you. And because then you start like, alienating friends and family and, and your teammates who are supporting you 
And you have to learn to find new motivations and new reasons to do what you're doing beyond just like, well, I'm going to show them. These people don't like me. I'm going to fucking show them. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck prove them wrong. But what if they, what if a lot of people think you're right? How do you act then? And can you still be motivated in, in a stable environment, a consistent environment, or do you constantly have to create chaos? And, and are you, are you only turned on by competition um, with others? Do, Do you ever learn to just be motivated by competing with yourself? And that's a, it's a big lesson to learn. And so when somebody says they're competitive, there's a lot of uh, like self-talk. There's a lot of like uh, keywords and lingo and rhetoric that's behind it and things that you say. And, and oftentimes it's, it's outward. It's, it's a, uh, you're constantly expressing yourself when you're competitive. And then the people who kind of grow up and mature and, and become the, I guess you could say leaders of men, even though I would say men in prison because essentially NFL franchises are private prisons. Um, and the, all your teammates are the inmates, but as you become older, you notice that, uh, the, the, uh, an adult male, he becomes, uh, quiet because he doesn't have to talk a lot anymore. He doesn't have to say a lot of things anymore. It's, it's more internal, he doesn't have to say what he's going to do or who, who he's going to do it to. He just, he's going to, he's just going to do it. And so, and that's the problem with being a young quarterback like Baker Mayfield is he's having to grow up in real time in front of everybody. And you're crazy as hell when you're 20 to 26, 20 20 to 26 is the last leg of the, tour de France of like just craziness of just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And you see it all the time with celebrities and you see it, um, you know, the 27 club, right? You know, like I talked about in the last podcast, you know, Heath Ledger and Amy Winehouse and uh, Kurt Cobain and all these people die at 27 because you kind of burn your childhood out all the way until about 27 years old, you go so fucking hard and intense, sex, drugs, rock and roll, competitive, fucking hype beast. It's like the last uh, surge before you, before the, uh, uh, you start to relax and you start to calm down and, and you start to settle into this, to this more, quarter life, midlife, um, uh, I don't, more like you become a man past 27, you start getting letters from the IRS and having to pay bills and keep people alive and children and family and cooking and cleaning. And you start, you start having like parental priorities and things like that. So, so he's stuck right now in that 20 to 27 your old phase of just of, of lunacy of, of fanaticism of, and then you throw in the social media and that's that's the gasoline on on the uh, on the competitive Baker Mayfield bonfire he's throwing everything in the bonfire right now the fucking the tables and the chairs and the fuck he's burning the fucking house down Baker Mayfield is burning the fucking house down and and he's burning bridges and and uh it's it's a it's a problem and i feel you know i feel bad for him i don't know how strong his dad is um behind every hall of fame quarterback there should be a there's a strong father um you know dan marino's dad used to write him handwritten letters telling him how great he would be if he just focus. And then you have Jack Elway and, you know, coach and John and you have Irv, uh, Brett Favre's dad and 
I, you know, I noticed it's like with Johnny Manziel, they, the, his dad was just saying like, oh, I hope and pray he's okay. It's like Baker Mayfield's dad needs to take him out to the deer stand and have a few beers with him. And, and if he's got to smack him around a little bit, that's what he's got to do. It's, uh, but he, his, he needs a father figure help figure things out somebody he can trust he reminds me right now of of some he has no trust in his life he doesn't have anybody he can lean on or that he feels uh cares about him and so i'm sure i know he has a fiance or emily or whatever but and you know i'm watching we work uh, the we crashed on hulu too and uh, Rebecca Newman's telling Adam Newman, you're a supernova. And so I'm sure she's saying different things to motivate him because obviously she wants him to continue to be rich, but um, so she can live her life. But he needs uh, somebody to, to just to talk to him neutrally and have common sense. And somebody who's watched him grow and develop and is not going to challenge his, his uh, wild horse and the frozen tundra competitive spirit. But kind of just talk to him and say like, hey, you know, Brett Favre used to be a nut too. And then he found himself a horse whisperer like a Mike Holmgren. And Mike Holmgren make him drop back a thousand times a day. And, you know, can we cut it out with the rocket balls? You know, all the famous clips of of breaking that wild horse, uh, Brett Favre, down into somebody who was had a manageable competitive fire and a manageable ego and was able to um, learn how to trust his teammates and, and, and not just manage. Like the problem is, is he's a young manager and right now he's got, he's got uh, let's say, you know, starters and backups. He's got a, he's got a workforce of 22 running backs, receivers, linemen, quarterback. Okay. One to 22, it's a good ratio. But if he wants to go to the director level or the next level, he's got to, now he's got to add the defense and he's got to get to, you know, 40 or 50 FTEs. And then if he wants to be, you know, a vice president, he's got to, you know, then you got to add the special teams. And so now he's got, you know, a hundred something, you know, whatever it is, 80 FTEs. He's in that director to, to vice president range. And then, and, but then if he wants to become the CEO quarterback, he has to take on the entire organization, the IT department, the medical staff, the owners, the trainers, the scouts, the teammates, the fans. I mean, you're talking hundreds and thousands of people that you're managing. And when you're that competitive and you're that chaotic and you, the ebb and flow is so up and down. It's like a fucking wave pool at Adventure Island. It's like hundreds and thousands of people are bobbing around up and down and up and down. And so while he can maybe manage that because he's an athlete and he's and probably a fucking sociopath, you know, because you have to be psychotic to be an athlete because you're you're getting hit and you're and you're fucking the energy so intense, the surging and you got to be able to withstand and handle all this. So you have to be a little nuts, but you know, not everyone can handle that lifestyle. And so you're competitive, but how do you handle people who aren't competitive? Do you bully them? Do you boss them around? I mean, it's like, no, you got to learn their core values. You got to align core values with them and learn how to manage them and play the part uh, that they, you, you know, need you to play to help them be successful. It's not just about you anymore. Um, you know, I, Baker likes to talk a lot. He needs to fucking listen. And, th- and that doesn't mean just like be quiet and wait your turn to talk. He needs to actively listen and take feedback and be able to uh, synthesize it, diagnose it and offer a thoughtful response that that makes sense and and uh for everyone not just him but the person he's communicating with and so he's just going through this this uh baker metamorphosis 
uh, of emotions and you see it with uh, young startups all the time. I mean, it's uh, like I said, I'm watching Super Pumped with Uber and Travis Kalanick and he is a very talented young man, but everything he's, he has a war room, the conference, the governance huddles, the war room, and he's constantly talking about how smart he is and how he doesn't need Bill Gurley. I don't need you. And Bill Gurley says to him, he says, you don't have to say that. I already know you're talented. You're here. You built Uber. You're you're asking me for $300 million. You're obviously talented. I don't need you to tell me that you don't need me. I know you don't need me. I need you to tell me what you need me to help you with. <laughs> what, what do you need? Don't tell me you don't need me. What do you need? What can I offer you? And that's when Baker's going to grow is when he can learn to talk to people and he can be mature enough to understand that I do have weaknesses. I, you know, I do. There are competitive disadvantages in my game. That, and I can fill those gaps with creative people that can offer uh, tools and supplies and feedback. And that can offer things to me to help complete me. and make me better? And how do I find and align with those people? And that's where, that's what he's missing right now is he's like a lone wolf. He's like, I'll do it all by myself. And, and it's, it's like a young, young managers, they don't understand the concept of a team. They think because a team helped do it that like, Oh, I, I should get all the credit. I'm the most talented one. Yes, you are the fucking most talented one. We get that. We get that. But everyone around you on this team can contribute and they can make you super fucking talented. You can use these people and these people can do things for you and free up your time. And then you can do even more and you can grow and go even further in life. And they, he just needs somebody to explain that to him. I feel, I feel bad for him because he's learning on the fly. And then you throw in that he has millions of dollars and money is a drug. I mean, I remember when I was making the most money in my life, I was fucking, I felt the power. I, I became ruder and meaner and more vicious and more intense and more dismissive. And you got to be careful because money is a very powerful drug. And so He's growing and learning how to be a young manager and grow into an executive, but he already has the executive money and he's just, he's just very, very cocky and very arrogant. And when you're a young kid, those are cool traits, right? Look at him. He's confident. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He, he's, you know, he's got it going on. But as you get older, those, those traits convert to, um, you know, they, they turn on you. Because older people have respect and older people, they, 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 they want to, to, to listen and to learn and to share stories and life experiences. And they want to have a relationship, a real, a real one. They want to have real conversations about real things. And so when you got the cocky and the arrogance, it's like, um, they don't, it's too intense. Like, get them the fuck away from me. I, I can't, you know, it becomes fraudulent. It becomes, uh, you know, it, it, you, you're just like, that's a young whippersnapper. And, you know, and so Baker needs to go and learn. And he still has an opportunity um, like I said, he has the skill set and he has the energy, uh, to do that, but he's got to, Baker's got to break himself down a little bit and, and kind of come back down to earth here. And I think he should go back up somebody like Tom Brady and, and, and Tom Brady, I mean, he's a good example. Cause he played in the, you know, the Patriots way and, 
see, that's the thing too, is Baker joined a turbulent organization. And so they're, that organization's not used to winning. It's like when I played at NC State, they sucked. And then I went to North Alabama and they're used to winning national championships. And you can see the difference, the offense and the defense and the special teams, they all communicated and hung out together and challenged each other and helped each other. And you could throw a pick there and the defense would be like, don't worry, I'm going to get the ball back for you. And you do that at NC State, and they're like, oh, we just lost again. It's just a different mindset. And he's playing for a loser organization with the Cleveland Ship Browns. And so you combine the young adult, you know, and this is a thing, too, You the NFL quarterbacks. I mean, this is – we call these guys leaders, you know, these Joe Burrows and Baker Mayfields, and, and they're leaders because they're playing a sport. They're working out. I mean, that's not real leadership. I mean, it is leadership, but they're not, they're not, you know, having to put a suit and tie on and manage money and manage people with real world problems, you know, FMLAs and unions and fucking payroll and, and fiscal obligations. They're not, I mean, they don't know that. I mean, if you put right now, I could tell Baker Mayfield to go fucking go to UT Southwest, like you know, the hospital in Dallas and he'd be fucking lost on the first day. He wouldn't know what to do. He'd be clapping and shit, trying to use his animal fucking competitive instincts to manage. And, and everybody would be fucking pissed off. They would be like, this guy's fucking clapping and he's so happy and shit. And if fucking, I'm like fucking, uh, I, I got cancer and I got this and that. And like, he wouldn't be able to, it would, he would fuck it up bad. So, so you got to remember that he's not managing blue collar construction worker, fucking, you know, people who actually run the fucking world people, uh, you know, and, and so he needs to go learn from a Tom Brady, uh, who learned how to be a professional person, in the Patriots organization, like Cam Newton didn't work there. He's singing and dancing and stuff. And Bill Belichick's like, I need a corporate person. And you prove that you're willing to do that. I am willing to do that. Sorry about that. And and he learned how to be a professional person in the Patriots organization, Tom. But Cam, see, had the Baker Mayfield problem. He's into swagger. And, and swagger is uh, sugar. It's a, it's a sad substance, uh, abuse problem. It's, it's not real. It's aesthetic. It's, uh, marketed. It's, it's a young man's game. You know, that's why you don't see like professional people. Like they're, they're not into fashion and stuff. Like Mark Zuckerberg wears fucking gray shirts and jeans. Steve Jobs wore a fucking black turtleneck. Like, these people don't give a fuck about their clothes because they're into actual, like, real things. Like, working and and contributing and building teams. And, you know, that's why when you go to private schools, they make you wear uh, uniforms. So everyone's, because the clothes, it's like, we don't, the clothes are okay, you're fashionable or you're different because you're close. They're like, fuck the clothes. Like, we're here to learn and build leaders for the world and they're distracted by neon fucking fucking flower pot hats and shit cam newton's wearing it's like shut the fuck up and then cam newton would try to talk like a leader that's what the young kids do is they talk they run their fucking mouse and they talk and they can talk about leadership and they can say the right things and fucking i i'm gotta i'm working long hours and i'm I just want to win a championship. And I, you see it all the time. They're like, we're, I want to win a Super Bowl so bad. And they can talk and they can market these things. And, and you can get people to believe and listen to your words and download in, your, in their brains and their minds. And you can talk, talk, talk. But, um, you know, uh, the leaders, they go, they actually go do it. And they don't talk about what they're going to do. They just go fucking do it. And so you, you'll see Tom Brady, he doesn't talk that lot, a lot in the, in the press conferences and he's not irritated and agitated by the, the news and the, and he doesn't get, uh, fucking goaded or, or herded into fucking 
these news cycle pens and and it's like Barry Bonds when they're saying he was doing steroids, he just went and hit a whole, another home run. He didn't fucking say yes or no, I did or didn't do him. He didn't give a fuck. He just went and hit another home run, and and nothing ever happened to him because he just fucking he doesn't talk. He just went and did it, and he needs to go learn from Tom. Why does Chris Godwin want to stay? Why does Gronkowski always come back for Tom? He's got to go fucking. Why, you know, how does, why does everybody love fucking Tom Brady, his teammates, his coaches, and how does he manage professionally during practices? And what's his, what's his, his health routines and his film routines and reading coverages and eye control and throwing a peripheral vision and, and he needs to heal. He needs to just sit on the sidelines, let his shoulder fucking heal and just relax and not have the pressure of the news and get off fucking uh, retweeting a crack rock on fucking social media. And and he needs to just relax and watch the fucking game and watch Tom interact during the game and interact with his offensive coordinators and the respect he has for his coaches, being able to respectfully disagree with somebody without fucking alienating and hurting their feelings. People never forget insults, Baker. When you insult somebody, somebody never forgets that. No matter, and you can't just say sorry and apologize. They never forget an insult. And so these are young life lessons that he can fucking learn. And then he won't have, you know, Hugh Jackson hate him and Kevin Stefanski. And I mean, every coach hates him. That's a pattern. That's a sign. All right. He's toxic. Baker's toxic right now. He needs to learn how to be a professional, how to fucking talk to the customer, how to manage a P&L, how to develop fucking pivot tables and find root cause challenges and provide a detailed written action plan that provides long-term solutions that he can track and speak to on a fucking governance huddle with executive level people and answer questions. He needs to, he needs to fucking, uh, 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 remain curious, think critically, and, and he needs to you know, you don't have to answer questions with the fucking exact details. You can say we have an opportunity and challenges and, and answer the question, but in a way that allows uh, you to, to have the time to find a solution without just saying, no, yes, no, fucking yes, no. And writing these acidic fucking emails and pissing everyone off, just fucking relax. And you know what? Maybe at the end of the day, it's not so bad to be Blaine Gabbert. You know, he wants to be a starting quarterback so good. It's such a it's such a point of pride for him. He has to start. His identity, his competitive spirit is he has to start. And people like Blaine Gabbert, they learn that I know I don't have to start. Chase Daniels learns I don't have to start. Matt Castle, I don't have to start. I have to grow as a player. Brian Hoyer, I don't have to start. I can sit and learn and I'll play 10 to 15 fucking years if I shut my mouth. Chase Daniels made 30, 40, 50 million dollars. He's thrown for 1,300 yards in his career. I don't have to fucking start. I can just back up and relax and get the pressure off me and learn and have a few competitive moments in games. And Charlie Whitehurst (laughs) fucking played forever, dude. Had a few competitive moments where he won. Todd Collins, a few competitive moments where he won and he lived forever. Brad Johnson fucking won a Super Bowl. Gus Farad. It's okay to fucking be those guys because they play a long time. They make a lot of money and they live forever and people like them and want them on the team. Case Keenum. Case Keenum has played for every team in the NFL and he almost went to the Super Bowl one time. And so far he's got a better career than you, Baker. You're going to get out of the NFL because you're running your fucking mouth. Because you have to be the starter. You have to fucking piss people off and Travis Kalanick got kicked out of Uber for that and Steve Jobs got removed from Apple for that he was able to come back when he was fucking able to lead and manage a a real workplace and real people 
Adam Newman kicked out of WeWork for that. You get removed from he he wants the rewards and the fruits of his labor, but he's gonna get he's by acting the way he's acting, he's actually fucking it's not no longer within reach. He's removing himself from those opportunities. He thinks he's creating opportunities by being competitive, but he's essentially creating challenges and problems for himself. Becomes a, uh, becoming a man is more mental than it is physical. because And that's why you get strong when you become a man. You get this natural forearms and legs and strength and... And, and, uh, and God, God basically gives you built in strength as an adult man, because he knows that it's, as you get older, it's less about your physical ability. It's more about your mental ability. And so God basically is like, I'm going to give you the strength because I know that the important piece is mentally. So you, you work out a little less and you start learning a little bit more. And, you know, Baker's, he's just not there yet. And it's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he needs to go to the Packers and, and play behind Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, but if he wants to have a little, um, and keep that kind of, cagey with the news and Colin Coward personality, maybe learn how Aaron Rodgers does it. Um, you know, pretends to read French poetry and all that. Just like, you know, he can, he loves Brett Favre. He can go sit in Green Bay and he can back up Aaron Rodgers and he can fix his mechanics. He has a very long release. Baker is just not admitting that he's not that good right now. That's what he's not admitting uh, to himself because he thinks it's a weakness and people who can't admit to their weaknesses they end up losing everything because there's a certain vulnerability in uh, in in understanding that you're not perfect and that you need to practice and then and then letting people see you practice there's a certain vulnerability to that. It doesn't make you a vagina. It just makes you, you know, it just makes you vulnerable. And people can relate to vulnerability. That's the thing, Baker. That's the thing is people can relate to you being vulnerable because they're vulnerable. And you're an NFL quarterback. So you're essentially to, you're a hero to millions of people. And, and people think you're, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, very powerful, you're starting NFL quarterback. So you're already way ahead of the normal average American citizen. So uh, you're not weak by admitting, you know, some vulnerabilities. It'll, uh, that's what Brett Favre used to do. I mean, he, he became a hero to blue collared people because he, I mean, the kid, he's crying on national TV. His dad dies. I mean, he, when you watch Brett Favre, you rooted for him because he was fun competitive. He was fun cocky. He was, it wasn't antagonizing. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't aggressive about it. It was just like, you could just tell he was having fun and, and the, and, and that's where, what Baker needs to do is he needs to learn how to, he needs to learn how to be competitive, but in a fun way that's inclusive. And, and, uh, and I just, these are things he has to learn. So he needs to go back, back up. He needs to take a step back in his, in his life. And he needs to become a backup NFL quarterback and, whether it's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and and he can go and go to the Packers, fucking learn Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur. I'm sure they have high level quarterback meetings. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is involved in game planning. Tom Brady is involved in game planning with Byron Leftwich. Learn how to respectfully disagree with your coach. Learn how to learn the game planning. It's one thing to know the playbook. 
but then take it to the next level and learn the strategy behind why you're calling certain plays in certain situations. Don't just learn the play, but learn why we're doing this and why are we game planning, uh, uh, you know, a certain play versus a certain coverage. What's the theory and the science behind the play? You know, why do you run double slant versus cover two? It's because this gap exists, right? And and I just think he, he's a know-it-all that knows nothing because he can't know anything because he's too fucking young to know everything. He's too young. Tom Brady's been playing this game 20-something years. Aaron Rodgers, 20-something. I mean, that's not even including Little League and things. I mean, if you include Little League and Baker, he's been playing, let's say, 16 years. Tom Brady's almost 50. So if you include Little League, he's been playing fucking 38 years. 38 compared to 16. That's like almost two and a half times what Baker's been playing. And a human body, they change every five years. The human uh, consciousness, the human spirit, uh, your soul, the things you believe in. Every five years, it changes just a little bit. Or, And if it doesn't, you have a problem. But um, he needs to learn how to, how to change. And... and uh, and I just think he can learn these things from a veteran quarterback. And a, and a, a, a veteran coach. Maybe, you know, like I said, he just hasn't found his Mike Holmgren yet, his Andy Reid. I mean, look at all the great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre for four something years. And, and, uh, Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench for a couple of years and, and Chad Pennington sat on the bench for a couple of years and Carson Palmer sat on the bench for a couple of years and Tony Romo and, and, uh, and so, I mean, even Ben Roethlisberger and Tommy Maddox and, and so these people, uh, uh, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees, I mean, these people, you get a year, he didn't, he didn't really, he had to learn from Tyrod Taylor, you know, he didn't get along with Tyrod Taylor. And, and so he just needs to take a deep breath and heal from his injuries, not feel the pressure to perform and play. He needs to learn how to win. If he goes and plays with Tom Brady, he can learn how to expect to win and then to actually win games and what it takes to win and what winning play calls look like and winning situational awareness fucking looks like. And the expectation to win a playoff game and to win and go to a Super Bowl and what it's like to communicate that message and market that message to your teammates on the offensive, defensive and special teams. And then throughout the organization, as you're walking through the hallways and you're interacting with folks and your goal setting, these are all things he can go learn how to do that he didn't learn in, in Cleveland. You're not going to learn how to win championships in Cleveland. It's not their culture. And so he's got a lot of talent, he's got a lot of energy, and he can do it, but he needs to now take the next step where he can feel naturally comfortable, uh, you know, not just in a winning culture, but helping and contributing to a team and building that winning culture and being a, and having good character in that culture and not just, not just challenging the culture. All right. It's one thing to be a, a disruptor, but when you move fast and break things and you disrupted and now you're on top of the world and your company's official and you got investors and you're now now at the face of a franchise it's you know how how do we settle into the next level role of 
doing the right thing, like don't be evil, like taking care of our people, uh, and and being being perfect, being able to go into a, a a boardroom, and so when you're a young manager, you're just talking to frontline staff, etc. Right? And you, I mean, you can kind of get away with it naturally, and and uh, just using your gut your gut instincts and and those things. But what happens when you have to go talk to really seasoned and savvy executive suites, the C-suite, who the same way you've trained as a football player to be the best football player you can be, the same way you've invested in the weight room and working out and throwing, they've invested in reading books. you know, outliers, 48 laws of power, you know, all these executive Ram Dass be here now, all these, they've trained, their playbooks are all these fucking books that they've read. Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla, and a fantastic future, all these, all these really high level brainiac books and they're professional athletes of the boardroom and the sociopathy and the psychology and the communication skills you're an NFL quarterback, but they're an NFL quarterback of leading boardrooms and professional people and professional staff. Anybody can manage down, Baker, but can you manage up? Can you IPO? Can you go public? Can you manage news cycles? You know, when you become president of the United States, like uh, Trump, you have to manage news cycles. You're, you're not just managing people now. You're managing public perception about your company. Okay, and you have to be accountable to the words that you say. I'm watching the We uh, uh, Work documentary, and you know she, the uh, Rebecca Newman says, you know, a woman's role is manifesting a man's destiny, and that's that's fine. I I kind of agree in a sense with that, and we can all support each other, etc. But her legal team has to get involved because it strikes the feminist movement in the wrong way, and she can get sued, and it can lead to other things like sexual harassment. Your employees turning a coup against you and your women employees not respecting you. It can cause all these corporate culture problems just by your words, Baker. And so he has to learn that, uh, that nuance and that, and that, uh, that next level of professional leadership and management where you're, you're aware that you can, uh, offend people with your words and your actions but you know how to uh, you you're so good at speaking in a sense that you know you don't have to think about it anymore. Like Tom Brady knows what to say and do and how to keep calm and in control at all fucking times. He's not a liability. And these corporate these corporations, by the way, they hire people to assess liability. And in their slogans, their marketing, and their people they hire, what's it going to do to our stock price? And right now, it's like, Baker, you're like tanking the fucking stock because you're, you're, Elon Musk is fucking tweeting that the stock price is too high. They're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and so Baker just has to learn. He's got to grow. Um, He's got to, he's got to become a, a CEO, uh, the CEO of throw is what has to happen. And, um, we'll see if he can do it or not. Um, you know, I, I, you know, leadership, like I said, is not about, uh, you know, just waking up early and running laps and working out. You know, any animal on earth can do all the physical stuff. That's called being an animal. It's, you have to, humans have brains for a reason. And it's the mind control the body. Don't let the body control the mind. Like Jimmy Johnson says, right? And it's right now his, his body is controlling his, his mind. So Good luck, Baker. Well, the other thing I wanted to add, too, is like, 
Baker Mayfield's like wife, Emily. She can learn how to be a witch from Giselle. I don't know if you've ever Googled it, but Giselle Butchton, she does little seances and has an altar and does voodoo doll shit before Tom Brady's games, makes him drink all these potions and tells him whether he's going to win the Super Bowl or not and says, uh, you're lucky I'm a witch to Tom. So I think Emily right now is just, you know, a young girl who's excited that she doesn't have to be a fake Instagram ass model, fitness model, and she can learn how to be a witch from Giselle. And she can learn how to do seances and how to fucking manifest destinies and, you know, how to tap into the fucking the Illuminati and the devil and Satan and fucking really get Baker to, you know, stop drinking beer and vodka and fucking all the things that he's probably doing now, like, she doesn't want to go out to eat at fucking Outback, she wants to become a vegan, like, avocado ice cream, health, you know, she wants to join an Elon Musk school, fucking stardust, and eat for her children, and, and, you know, raise the kids on Kabbalah, you know, things like that, that he's not even like learned yet or tapped into because he hasn't been rich enough long enough. He hasn't been around true elite Hollywood celebrity fucking famous people and learned like Magic Johnson how to invest in you know, Starbucks and Shaq, how to get $20 shoes into Walmart and, and fucking get the general fucking insurance commercials. Like there's all kinds of things that he can, he could learn as well from a uh, sponsorship, from a, from a business deal standpoint that comes with having experience of being in the Illuminati and, and asking Illuminati men, members like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and, uh, and, you know, a high level NFL quarterbacks, you know, like what does Drew Brees know about fucking Disney shit like that? You know, uh, you know, Walt Disney, it's a, like, it's like, he's, he's got a, Baker's not, he thinks he knows everything, but he, because he, like, read the Bible, but it's like, you only know about God and Christianity, it's like, what do you know about Satan and the devil and, and blood sacrifices and forgiven, and like, you get what I'm saying? He, Baker, how do I, how does President Trump do a podcast with the Nelk boys? Like, Baker Mayfield, it's like, this is the other thing he's fucking up to, is his social media. It's becoming a, a place of hate, and like, for him to air his fucking grievances. But his social media could be a place, a, a source of information, Baker's fucking Britannica, and Gen Z could go there to learn fucking uh, all kinds of things about merch and marketing and, and creative content. He could make, he could, he, he could make vlogs about his life and his family and make these YouTube videos. Like he could have this whole Baker Mayfield social media makeup. And he's just using it to air fucking grievances. And that's that's another sign of immaturity. He's not utilizing the resources that have been provided to him, uh, you know, efficiently and successfully. And, uh, I mean, Giselle, I mean, could teach Emily so many things. The best pampering how to be an efficient housewife, how to handle um, manic phases and Tom's bipolar disorders, anger management, how to survive like Tom Brady beating the shit out of her and the media not finding out 
You know, there's so many things that Emily could learn to help manage Baker. And that's really what it's about, too, with Baker. It's like it's not it's not just about you. It's about your family. What are you, what tools, resources, and supplies is the NFL and the cast of characters in that league offering your family and friends to help them grow and get better successfully? Um, and so I think you could tap into that. What, you know, what, are, what is Giselle cooking for Tom? What's his favorite cocktails? You know, how is she helping manifest Tom's destiny? How can Emily help better lead Baker? And, and, you know, give him better fucking hand jobs and anal and fuck him and, and facials and lingerie and Super Bowl anal and, and fucking, you know, NFC championship cum guzzling and all the things she could do to relax him. What's the best spot in NFL stadium to have a quickie? And, uh, and do you ever fuck Tom at the team facility? And like, how do you, how, what's a wife's role in communicating with the, with the fans and using their social media? It's like, Giselle had that moment where she said Wes Welker should have caught the ball and she learned from it. What can she share with Emily, who for some reason tweets and fuck, you know, it's like these new NFL wives, like Patrick Mahomes' wife and Baker Mayfield's wife. It's like they're fucking their husbands up on social media. You need to learn from Giselle how to just be a mannequin in a fucking storefront and shut the fuck up and make sure that pussy's primed and keep your man satisfied. You know, how do you survive a divorce? Emily should be learning how, you know, when Baker loses a game or domestic violence occurs and they're, they feel like they're fighting and they break dinner plates and they smack each other. How do they get through that and sleep it off, sleep the liquor off and wake up the next day and not get divorced, but, you know, renew their vows and commitment to her vagina make sure he's hooked on that pussy like a three six mafia song pussy you got you they got you hell no like how do they how does she do that she can learn all these things from a proper fucking nfl wife and they're not taking advantage of that you know giselle could be like you can't just shave your pussy you gotta shave in your asshole 